Good morning, Life Center family. I am so honored to be with you this morning. God has been burning something in my heart for the last couple weeks, and I'm really excited to share it with you today. I was in my parents' place down in Virginia for a couple weeks, and during that time, I had the most incredible experience. I was about to go to bed one night, and the Lord awakened me, um, or quickened me before I went to bed, and said, hey, like, I thought I was saying, I'm gonna, I want you to wake up at 5 a.m. I said, okay, that's pretty early, but all right, I'm setting my alarm, 5 a.m., okay. And so there was this, this excitement in my, um, in my spirit that night for this moment. And so that night uh, I'm sleeping and around 4.55, it's right on that time, all of a sudden I hear this huge gust of wind start ripping around that, my, my parents' house. And it's so intense that it's waking me up, it's waking Vanessa up. And, um, and I'm like, what is going on? And around that time, maybe right at five, it was almost right on the dot, there's this huge crack that, that I hear across the house. And I'm like, what, what is that? So I go out and I look, and outside my parents' house, there is a tree that has cracked in half. And I'm like, what is happening? And at that time, my dad is up as well because it's pretty intense, the, the, the storm. And he, he comes to me and he says, he says, oh, that's weird. Winds are coming from the north. And I was like, from the north? I start thinking of, uh, of Misty Edwards and, and you know, that song, wake awake, go north wind, wake awake, go south wind, blow over me. I won't sing it all to you, I promise. But that song comes to my mind, I'm like, wait, the north wind, those are the winds of testing. And, and, and so the Lord just starts speaking to me and I'm like, oh God, you have, you have my attention. And and in that moment, I felt like it was almost an analogy of what's happening in the natural, where you have this storm, you have COVID-19 kind of sweeping across and, you know, creating chaos and, and creating issues, um, this time of testing. But in the time of testing, I was, una- I was unaware of what's going on. I was, you know, at times afraid, but the more important thing that happened to me was I was awakened. I was awakened. I was alert because because the Lord had wanted to wake me up at that time anyway. So this is in your plan, Lord, to wake me up, to engage with my heart, to connect. I'm connecting with you at another level. And I really believe that's the season that we're in and the devil has not seen it coming. He thought he could bring this thing on the earth and, and really create destruction and havoc, but he didn't realize that in God's plan, there was a purpose to awaken the church in this very moment to step into the things God's given us. And, and, and that's what's happening. And that is really the narrative that we now live in. So I want to encourage you, if your narrative isn't that, make, it, make that your narrative. No, I don't understand all the stuff going on with COVID-19, but I know the church is being awakened for this hour. I know the harvest is at hand. And that I do know. And that I'm going to trust in because I trust in the Lord. I trust in what He says. I trust in His Word. So I, I want to encourage you. That's the season that we're living in even in the midst of winds and testing. Now, I went outside and I looked at the tree, and the tree outside of my parents' house um, was actually dry rotted out. So if you go and look, the insides were completely rotted out, were dry, there was no life in that tree. And that had been the case long before this storm even arose, but the storm tested and proved that the tree was actually dead, that the tree actually had hadn't life for years. And... And so it was knocked over, it was cracked, it was destroyed. But that, my friends, is not, is not you and I. Um, but things in this season will be, you know, and already have been 
destroyed. There's been chaos. There's been calamity. Industries um, have been cut down. Things have, you know, are hectic and chaotic. And we should mourn and grieve those things. We certainly, we certainly isn't a time, um, you know, even, yeah, I, I just encourage you connect, connect with the losses in your community. Um, connect with the losses of your friends. Connect with the losses in our city. I think it's so important that we connect with those. Um, but I'm not talking about those per se. I'm talking about us as believers. And, and we are, during this time, we're connected to the rock, to Jesus, the chief cornerstone. That's where we're drawing our strength and energy. And we don't have to be afraid of, of being cracked or being broken by the winds themselves. God may be breaking us on the inside and, and shifting things in us, but we won't be broken by the testing, not when we're rooted and grounded in Him. And that's what I want to share this morning. I want to share about the title of this message is Drawing from the Rock, letting our roots go down deep into Him because we are alive. You know, you know we have this living hope in us. We're alive trees. So when these storms come, we might, we might blow here and there, but we're not going to crack. We're not going to go down because we're connected to the life source, and that's Jesus, and He is our chief cornerstone. So I want to read from Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 through 7, um, and it says, And now, just as you accepted Christ as your Lord, you accepted Him, you must continue to follow Him. I think we're in that place where we've accepted Him, but now we must continue to follow Him in this new season. Let your roots grow down deep into Him, and let your lives be built on him. Your roots grow down deep and your lives built on him. Built on him. That analogy, I'm going to hit that so hard because it's, it's so important in this season that we're built and rooted on the rock of Christ. And let me tell you, you're going to tell. You're going to be able to tell the difference. You probably already are between who's on the rock and who's not. We're called to be a company of believers that not only gets on the rock, but that sharpens and, and strengthens others. So it's not just about us staying stable in the season. We're looking around and we're saying, who needs help? How can, I, how can I help them get strengthened? And the best way to strengthen somebody is to pray for them, is to lead them to Jesus, is to lead them to that water source so that they are able to draw from that well themselves, that they're able to be connected to the rock, to the vine themselves. And, and so that's what we're called to do in this season with one another. And I love how our community has been doing that. And it's just such a beautiful picture that we're in this together and we're our brother's keeper. We're looking out for each other. We're strengthening one another in the Lord. I want to, to share with you this. The Lord really quickened in my heart um, this, this whole analogy with trees. And he told me to look up and look up articles, storylines about trees and how they respond to drought. So I, so I went on Google, and, and really this was the first article I found. It's an article by UC Berkeley. It's a study from 2018, and here's the title of it. Hidden Rock Moisture May Be the Key to Tree Survival During Drought. Hidden Rock Moisture May Be the Key to key sur Tree Survival During Drought. So I want to show this picture here, okay? So you see on the top, you see this, this layer that says soil, which we all know about soil. Underneath that, there's rock moisture storage, and you see the roots going down into those rocks. You see a water table, and then you see the groundwater storage and the fresh bedrock. I want to focus on the upper parts of this, uh, of this graph right now. So basically, this article lays out that this new study where they, real, they found that during times of drought, 
trees are no longer able to access the water coming from the soil. So the soil totally dries up during times of drought. And they, they were bewildered at how these trees were able to survive. And what they found in this study was that when there was times of drought and there was no way to suck in water from the soil, the trees went down deeper and they drew water out of the rock. And this rock moisture, the crazy thing about it is it does not depend on the amount of rainfall that happens the previous season. So come summer, no matter how much it rained, that water level is still going to be present to draw from during that time. And, and so I think you know where I'm going here. Jesus is that rock. He is that the source of life that we're drawing from, that our roots are growing down into in this season. And what you and I are experiencing in this season is we didn't realize how much we were drawing on the soil. The, just the rain and the soil, the temporary things, the natural things in our life. We were drawing on those, not realizing there's better, there's real life. Our real life source is beneath us, is deeper, is the rock of Christ. And in this season, when we see these things dry up, we're like, what's going on? Why are things drying up? Why is my job drying up? Relationships, you name it, things are drying up. And the Lord is saying to us, because I want you to be focused on me. I want you to be connected to me, drawing from a true life source, not these things that are so temporal and that you need rain, you need daily rain to sustain. No, I sustain you daily regardless of any circumstance. And that's really what I, I think it represents. The soil is, is circumstantial, but the rock of Christ, the wells of, of his hope, of his nourishment, of his peace, of his love, those things, those, those levels are always high. They're, they're plentiful, they're bountiful, and we have pure, full access to them because of the blood of Jesus. We don't access this rock just because we look for God. We access this rock because we receive what Jesus has done for us on the cross. When we receive that, we now have access to God the Father. We have peace with God. And then in times of testing, we feel the pressure, but we have hope and life and peace and joy through the Holy Spirit because we're aware of things way beyond the natural. We're aware of what Christ has done in our lives, that we have a, a, a living hope in Jesus, and that our salvation is, is secure because of Christ. So the other thing that, that was quite interesting about this article is these trees, they the way they're, they're positioned, right? Their, their root structures grow down deeper in this season, in this time of drought, in this time of testing. So it deepens our, our walk with the Lord in a way that we didn't previously know. There's entire reservoirs of God's love, of His peace, of His joy that we've never accessed. But this time is a, is a, a time of upgrade in our spiritual discernment, in, in our relationship and our connection with our loving Father. So you're going to access things you've never touched before because we've never been in a situation like this. Now, Paul, he's a great example of someone who learned to draw from the rock. Paul knew how to draw from the rock. And there's a great example in Philippians chapter 4. Um, and I'm going to start here in verse, chapter 4, verse 12. And he says, I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. I know how to be abased and how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This is Paul writing. 
we often hear that last part, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We put it on t-shirts or we say it, um, but the, the context of this is Paul talking about how in times of lack and in times of much, he's able to draw from the Lord. He's not focused on the natural things and, and the much and the little does not shift his, his strength because he's being strengthened by the Lord. And I really feel like that's a, that's a key um, right now in the season. We need to learn to be strengthened by the Lord and, and he wants to strengthen you. He, in, in our place of weakness, that is where we actually posture ourselves to receive the most strength because we know that we're weak and broken. We know that, that we're, we're in need of help. So, so Tammy had some great examples last week with sharing about these different men of God and how they strengthen themselves in the Lord. And, and I really believe one of the, she shared about Abraham, she shared about David, um, she shared about Paul as well. And during their times of struggle, they actually received even more strength from the Lord. But I want to talk about their heart posture as well. They had, they had a heart posture of humility. And I really believe that's key for us in this season. If we want to draw from the rock, we want to connect with the Lord, we have to have a heart posture of humility. Because that's where, where we cry out. We say, God, I need your help. I mean, that's what we're doing during the fast. God, I need your help. That's what we've been doing you know, the past month. God, we need you to heal our land. We need you to restore what's been, what's been taken. We can't solve this problem. We need you to come and strengthen us and, and heal our land. And that posture is where we actually get the most life and fulfillment. And that is a repetition. It's a pattern that you and I are going to now live out for the rest of our lives. God's producing patterns in this season that are going to change our family lineage, and they're going to be these new patterns where we just learn how to cry out for help to the Lord, how to ask even others for help. We're, uh, we're being so humbled. I don't know about you, but I've been extremely humbled by this situation. Let's capitalize on that because God wants to use this for us to draw near to Him, and humility is the pathway to draw near to Him. Now, I want to focus on this amazing um, character in the Bible you, you probably know about him. His name is Barnabas. He's one of my favorites because he's so under the radar, this Barnabas. But he did some of the most important things in the history of the church. And Barnabas, his story starts in Acts 4. And they talk about, they, they gets the name Barnabas because there's this outpouring of the Spirit, right? You got Pentecost. The church is growing, expanding. And Barnabas, it says they all gathered in one heart. They shared everything. And he sells a plot of land that he owned. He sells it. In order for the, in order for to give it to the apostles, so that the church could be supplied in that time, and so they began to call him the son of encouragement. They named him that, and so you you have this call over his life that you see played out. But the really most important part of that son of encouragement call actually came during a time of testing. So, you know, fast forward ahead, and you've got a lot of persecution happening in the church. Stephen's been stoned. The church is. You know, they're, they're really all over the place. They're, they spread out, but the gospel's spreading, but they're being persecuted. Saul, who eventually becomes Paul, is one of the, the lead people in that persecution. He has authority from the high priest in Jerusalem to round up Christians and throw them in jail. So he's going to Damascus to do this, to cut off the move of God, to cut off the gospel of Jesus. And he gets encountered by the Lord, gives his life to the Lord, has this amazing experience with the Lord, and then starts preaching the gospel and starts sharing everybody about Jesus. And, and it's so intense, he gets kicked out of Damascus. He gets taken down to Jerusalem. And I want to read from this section in Acts. Um, it's Acts 9, and it's where Saul and Barnabas first meet. 
So it says, when Saul arrived in Jerusalem, he tried to meet with the believers, but they were afraid of him. They did not believe that he had truly become a believer. So, hey, this guy was throwing us in jail before. I'm not going to just welcome him in with open arms. He may be preaching a good word, but I don't trust this guy. Um, but you got to think, in that time, there's a high level of persecution. People are afraid. I mean, there could have been, it could have been a quarantine situation because the Christians are hiding. They're, they're not, they're, it's not good times. Um, so in this moment, here's how Barnabas responds. Barnabas brought him to the apostles. He told them how Paul had seen the Lord on the way to Damascus and how the Lord had spoken to, how Saul, and how the Lord had spoken to Saul. And he told them that Saul had preached boldly in the name of Jesus in Damascus. Boldly. How good is that? So he, Barnabas sees the call on, on Saul. He sees beyond the fear. He's a, it, said, it says in the Bible that he was a man of faith. So he sees beyond the fear. He has faith in the Lord, but ultimately he's able to discern what Paul carries and not be afraid during this time. He takes him and he disciples him. And it was one of the most significant things in the book of Acts because Paul then becomes this pro- prolific um, man of God, writes a huge part, portion of the New Testament and his life transforms the Gentiles' um, communities all across the region. Um, so Barnabas, he, came, he has such a posture of humility and you see it um, in even his initial gifts um, you see it also in his, um, how he even responds to Paul, or to Paul later in life and how he allows Paul to even take the driver's seat um, and he steps back and he lets Paul lead um, because he sees the call. And, and so I really believe part of how he discerned and saw what was happening and was able to step into his call as a son of encouragement was because his heart of humility. And I want to encourage you, if you have these promises, these words over your life, they haven't been canceled out by COVID-19. They have not been canceled out. And in fact, this, you may have a son of encouragement word on your life, and it's going to come out in this season just like it did for Barnabas in the most important way, in, in, the, in the most important time. So don't think those have been nullified. They actually may, they actually may be opening up in this season. I want to read more about strengthening in the Lord because I just feel like that's so key in the season that we're strengthened in the Lord from a posture of humility. Isaiah 40 verse 31 says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That is so good. They, but it's contingent on waiting on the Lord. That strengthening is contingent on waiting on the Lord. That energy, that the ability to to navigate this season, the ability to thrive in a time of, of, of chaos. It's contingent on waiting on the Lord and receiving His strength. It's a humble posture, and it's how we walk in this season. So I, I personally, I had an emotional week, asked my wife about it. I was all over the place. I just, I was, you know, people were, I was feeling the grief of, of, of others, but honestly, I just had some anxiety going on in my own life that I was having a hard time managing. And I want to encourage you, if that's where you're at, if you've been in a time of feeling or even just had a bad week or at these moments of letdown, know that that doesn't mean that you're disqualified for what God wants to do in this season. I want you to hear that I'm talking about being strengthened by Him. I'm not talking about perfection or walking this thing out. Now, we are called to a, to a high level in Christ, but we are, we're called to actually like stay the course with Him and receive his strength, his love, his encouragement, that that is, that is what he desires in this season, not that you walk perfect. It's not about walking perfect. It's about walking humbly 
And when you are weary and you were tired, you're having a bad week, you go and you strengthen yourself in the Lord. You go and you turn to Him and you, you ask for His help. There's so many mighty men and women in the Bible who did things not greatly. They had their many bad moments. It didn't disqualify them for their hour. So I want to encourage you, that's, that's not our situation either. And the world is thirsting for what you have. Even in me having a bad week and having some, some moments where I'm just struggling, when somebody walks up to me, and they did in our neighborhood, um, what they experienced, even in our social distance moment, they could see the hope of God in me. Christ, the hope of glory, lives in me, and He lives in you. And, and I just want to encourage you, that is a reality even on your bad days. And, and, and the world is yearning and desiring for what you have. And sometimes you and I, we don't even realize what we have because we just get used to drawing from that well. We get used to being in His presence. We get used to that living hope in us and other people need it. So you're not disqualified. And when they look in your eyes, they're going to see the living hope. They're going to want it. They're going to want it so bad. And it's going to be very clear in this season. So I want to read from... Uh, I want to read from Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. Oh, I'm sorry. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Christ Jesus from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed at the last time. Isn't that so good? The living hope. Here's how it's defined. Incorruptible, undefiled, that does not fade away, reserved for heaven. That's the living hope that we have access to in God through Christ. That living hope is what marks your life. It's what, it's what you're going to be able to give out in this season, and people, they need it and they want it. And it's living, like it doesn't run out. Just like that, that water that's in the rock doesn't run out, the, the level isn't adjusted. It's, it's constantly available to you. So when you're strengthening the Lord, you, you're hitting that reservoir. You're, you're aware now of, of His love and His peace and His joy, and it strengthens you to fulfill your call in this season. Um, I had a very interesting situation that happened to me a few days ago. I was driving my car, to go pick up some supplies and I actually broke down. And as I broke down on the road, um, I, was, I was in a situation where I didn't know where I was and I had to call a tow truck. And so the tow truck shows up and they, they come to me and they say, you know what, like because of COVID-19, you're actually going to have to ride on top of the tow truck um, instead of in the cab like you normally would for a normal tow. So I'm like, what is going on? This is like so different. So I get in my van, they pull me up on top of the tow truck and I even have a video of it that, um, that I may show you here. Um, so I, I'm on top of the tow truck and you can see like the, you know, driving down the interstate, I've got like, you know, people kind of staring at me funny. I'm pulling up by trucks, they're staring at me funny. I'm sitting on top of this tow truck and, and I'm just thinking, what, what a moment. What is the Lord speaking? And so the tow truck driver, he says to me right before we're about to take off, he says to me, hey, Colt, uh, you're going to be on top of this truck and you're going to feel the shaking, like the, the whole thing is going to move, the tr even the van a little bit, um, and you're going to hear the chains rattle. But I want you to know that you're totally strapped down. Like e even when you hear or you feel that, you're strapped down, like you're secure, you're, you're going to be good. 
And I just felt the Lord speaking so strong through that, saying, even when the chains are rattling, even when, you know, the wind's coming and you feel the shaking, you're fully fixed with him. You're strapped down to the rock and he's not going anywhere. And so I want to encourage you, if you're feeling, if you're feeling like you're getting pushed around, you're still strapped into him. When, when you're connected with him, when you're seeking his face, there, there's nothing that's going to take you um, off of that rock. And it's a strong and secure place. So I did survive. I did get to the tow truck um, or to the, the place I needed to go. So praise God, the car's, car's getting fixed. Um, real quickly before I close, that analogy, I want to sh- show you that picture again um, from that article that I referenced. So here we have um, you know, the same, th- that same picture. And if you look at the top of those trees, they are actually, they're taking that water from the rock and they're actually th- putting it into the atmosphere. So what scientists realized that they didn't calculate in their climate models was the fact that these trees were drawing from this, these deep reservoirs in the rocks and they were putting that into the atmosphere. I want to say that again. The climate models were not accurate because they did not realize that the trees were putting, were shifting the atmospheres by putting humidity, by putting water into the atmospheres. In this analogy, you and I are on those trees. We're drawing from the Lord and we are shifting the global atmospheres. And there's no, there's no global model right now for this virus that's factoring in what God is doing through his people, what he's, what he's bringing out of his people, the Barnabases that are being raised up, the men and women of God who are getting ideas, who are, who are aware of how to bring comfort, how to bring care. Um, and I'm talking about actual comfort and care like tangibly um, as well. So I'm talking about resources, supplies, uh, ideas. God is birthing these solutionaries, as, as Tammy referred to last week, there's solutionaries um, that are being raised up in this hour. And these models aren't factoring that in. They're not factoring in a move of God, which you and I both know is happening right now in the earth. And, and this is the year of the harvest. So I want to encourage you right now. There's, there's some of you that are on this stream or listening to this recording and you're, you're not fully connecting. Like You're like, oh, I, I, don't, I don't know what, what he's talking about in terms of this living hope. Or I'm not sure who, who Jesus really is. I haven't experienced Jesus in this way during this time. And if that's you, I really encourage you to call in to, to the prayer lines that we're going to have open right now. So we have prayer lines. They're going to be virtual through Zoom. And you're going to see a link um, on your YouTube chat. You're also going to see a dial-in if you need to dial-in. But I, I really just believe that the Lord is awakening people in this hour. And you, if it's stirring in you, but you don't understand it, you don't connect fully with what I'm saying, Jesus wants to awaken your heart. He wants, to, he wants you to know Him, to, to surrender your life fully to Him. And, and some of you, you may have never surrendered to Him, and some of you, you may have, but th- there's a new level that He's taking you to in this season, where just like that, that scripture in Colossians, now your roots are going to grow down deep. Now you're actually following Him, not just giving your life, not just saying yes. I mean, giving your life is not a just thing, right? Giving your life is huge, but I think we don't often know what we're doing when we give our life to Jesus. And in this season, the Lord is, is showing us who we really are in Christ. And He wants to take you deeper. He wants you to know Him. He's after your heart. He's pursuing you in this season like you can't even imagine. More than anybody or anything you've ever experienced, the pursuit of God is real. It's happening right now. 
And, and that's why you're here. That's why you're even on the stream right now. So I encourage you to connect in with that. I, I want to pray to close us. And, um, and once again, all the Zoom details are going to be posted up on the screen before we go into worship. So Father God, we, we come before you today and we ask you for help. God, we say, we say help. We say help. We humble our hearts right now before you and we just bring before you just all whatever's going on in our life. We bring it before you, Father whether it's our job, our relationships, our kids, um, our family members, Father. Um, for those of, those of you that have lost loved ones, Father, we, we just even pray just that you would come help. Come Holy Spirit, come bring the comfort, be the comforter right now for us in this season. And we just posture ourselves to receive from you. We say we need to be strengthened by you. We have no strength on our own. We need the strength of the Lord right now. Come Holy Spirit, bring strength to every single person listening in right now. Bring strength, bring comfort. I thank you, Father, you're raising up this next wave of leaders in the body of Christ. And I just declare that over you right now. You are Barnabas in this season. You are going to disciple nations. You are going to have discernment and wisdom in a time of crisis. You're not going to be full of fear. You're going to be full of faith. And there's things that God has put in you. I just declare that it, it's coming out in this season. This leadership on you is coming out in this season. And just as Barnabas was called a son of encouragement way before Paul came into his life, you have been called, have been identified with Christ. God's spoken things over you. And this season doesn't nullify it. It actually may give you access to those things that God has spoken over you. So I thank you, Father, that you're raising up those in our community and in New York City that are going to solve problems, that are going to be so aware of what you're doing and so unaware of the fear and the chaos and the panic. Not unaware of what's happening, but it's not impacting your mind. It's not messing with your discernment. And so I thank you, Father, for, for making, for raising us up to shift global atmospheres, to shift the models that are being, that are being given right now. Father, I thank you that in Christ, those models are not accurate, that actually there's better plans that you have for us and that your people are going to bring solutions that save lives, that bring comfort, that restore the things that have been stolen and taken in this season. So I bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're so glad. I'm so glad just to have this time with you, even from a virtual standpoint. So I love you and bless you guys. Have a great day.